Thanks. Well, I've got some notes. We'll see if I stick to them or not. Uh, <clears throat> and I have a handkerchief, which I will apologize ahead of time if my nose starts dripping. It's to keep it from dripping on my notes and uh, not being able to read the notes because of that. Well, <laughs> it may become obvious. Um, so, yeah, thanks for putting that back up, Matt. Uh, what I really, I'm going to kind of tell a story this morning. And, and the story that I hope you hear and the story that I hope comes through is, is this. Um, and again, more cause to celebrate, I suppose. But um, our uh, following God's leading in the direction that we're going right now is is in large part a fulfillment of, of our mission as a community. You know, as a family, we are very ordinary people <laughs> who are just following Jesus as best we can. And we're learning to live and deliver the good news of the kingdom to our neighbors. And in the process of that, this where we are going is where God has led us as we have kind of personalized this as a family. So the story that you're going to hear is a story of how we, as a community, are fulfilling our mission. And in that, what I also hope that you hear is because we are just ordinary people following Jesus, and, and this, is the, this is where God is taking us. I hope and I pray that uh, in you something sparks, that, that the Holy Spirit this morning will will grab you as he's grabbed us and, and raise something up within you that says, this is where I want you to go as you follow me. This is what I want you to do as you follow me. And it will be your own thing, and it will be unique, uh, but it will be just as much that as what we're doing. And that's the, the beautiful thing. Is not only are we a diverse community, but the way in which we live this out can be very diverse. And so that's what we're going we're gonna to hear this morning. Um, and there's not, one, there's not one passage that I'm going to focus on a whole lot. I'll probably touch on a number of different passages, uh, probably. You like how prepared I am? I'm probably going to touch on a lot of different passages. We'll see where this goes. Um, so as Scott said, we are, we have, I have accepted a position at Camp Red Cloud. And now there's, there's lots of camps out there. And so I want to do a couple of things. I want to answer a couple of questions that we had to answer in the process of living this out in the specific context. Now, we've earnestly wanted to follow Jesus for our entire married life. I mean, this is, this is, we have a, 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 a testimony of this is what we want to do since we got married, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, but one of the real questions, we thought a while back that we were going a very different direction than where we are right now. And so one of the questions that we had to wrestle with is, well, why camp? I mean, that just seems like, you know, I mean, shouldn't we be planning a church? Because, God, I thought that's what you had us doing. We were going to go plant a church. Why are we going to camp? That just seems like, you know, woo fun. You know, let's get down to some serious business uh, instead of just playing with kids all the time. Uh, you, I'll let you chime in if you want to, Ron. But uh, so here's, here's kind of how, how we've answered this question for us. Um, the ministry of a, of a, of a camp 
in the life of not just kids, but adults and staff that come there. Um, it, it's a, uh, it's not the, maybe the first effort uh, in, in raising up young people that follow Jesus. I mean, that's, that's families and that's churches, right? Because that's where the most time is spent, is you know, with your family and uh, in, in your church community. So that's probably the first line in, in wanting to raise up kids that follow Jesus. But the importance of a, of a camp, and in particular a camp like Camp Red Cloud, which is located in what is statistically defined as the remotest county in the lower 48. And what that means is the number of people that live there and the number of paved roads are the fewest of any other county in the entire lower 48. You have to go to Alaska to find a place more remote than where uh, Camp Red Cloud is located. It is remote. It is deep, deep in the mountains of Colorado. It is spectacularly beautiful as a result of that. Uh, but it is very, very remote. And you can be sucked in by the beauty when you're there. You go, wow, this would just be the greatest place to live. But you're also 60 miles from the grocery store. <laughs> and it's not 60 miles of interstate. It's an hour and a half, 60 miles to the grocery store one way. Uh, and then you get to turn around and come back. So living there is a little bit different. Think about, you know, it would be like living on an island, <laughs> really, and having to go to the mainland frequently or something like that. It's, it's that remote. But the role that that gets to play is very, very significant in the spiritual formation of young people and families. I want you to think about in Scripture for just a minute of some of the more notable characters that, uh, that are held up to us as you know, these great people of faith uh, from Scripture. And I want you to th think about them in the context of the word wilderness. And can you think of some, some great characters from Scripture that have an association with time in the wilderness? This shouldn't take very long to come up with a list of at least a few names. We'll start with Jesus, right? I mean, he spent some time in the wilderness. Paul spent time in the wilderness. Abraham spent time in the wilderness. Moses spent time in the wilderness. David spent on and on. The nation of Israel spent time in the wilderness. And I think that that's very, very significant. I don't think that's because there wasn't any place else to go. <laughs> uh, specifically thinking about Jesus, when he... This is what he did right before he launched his public ministry. He did not spend 40 days fasting at the temple. And remember, the temple to a Jew was the center of God's universe on earth, right? I mean, that's where the ark was. That's where the sacrifices were made. This is where God hangs out when he's on earth. He's at the temple. Jesus did not fast for 40 days at the temple before he launched his public ministry. He went to the wilderness and fasted in the wilderness. And that pattern is consistent throughout Scripture. That's not an anomaly just with Jesus. That is a consistent pattern throughout Scripture from Genesis to Revelation is this concept of time in the wilderness. Now, it's not a forever time. Uh, we don't have examples of people who just spent forever in the wilderness, although the nation of Israel probably felt like 40 years was forever at some point. But it, the, the, the pattern that we see in this time in the wilderness is that in the context of being away from 
the trappings of, of culture, which we create, and being exclusively in the realm of things that God has created, there is a vulnerability that shows up in us where we are opened up to the Holy Spirit in a way that does not happen when we're in, when we're in the routine and everyday and comfortable surroundings. When we remove ourselves from that and put ourselves into the context of, I am only surrounded by God's creation, there is a vulnerability that we have that doesn't happen any other way. And that's when God has access to part of our, our lives and our spirit that he doesn't get access to any other way. I'm really, really deeply convinced of that. Feel free to disagree with me. I would encourage you to study before you disagree with me too much, though. And to read the stories of the people who spent time in the wilderness and to see what the result of that time was in their spirit, in their heart, and how God used that to shape them and form them. So what we get in an opportunity uh, with a, a camp for kids in the remotest place in the lower 48 is a very, very unique opportunity to expose young people to this vulnerability. And think about where, I mean, even in Texas, well over, I think I read correctly the other day that well over 85% of us live in urban areas. And, you know, we're in a state that kind of prides ourselves on our rural roots or whatever. Like, nobody lives there anymore. <laughs> you know, we are all urban people. And this is a pattern that is growing everywhere around the country. We're becoming more and more urban. And so, I, and, and I understand, if we want to save our, our country and, and save our culture, we need to reach the cities. I get that. But if we want to raise up leaders that know how to reach the city, that have a deep passion in their heart for the gospel and for reaching our cities with the gospel, I'm really convinced that we're going to have to get out of the city for a little while and let God pour into us in the wilderness. And that's what Camp Red Cloud offers, uniquely more than any other camp around that I'm aware of. More than, I mean, I, 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 I am in New Braunfels because of T-Bar-M. <laughs> I worked there for four summers. Uh, Christy and I, after we got married, that's what brought us here, is the moving here on full-time staff at T-Bar-M. It's a great ministry. They are not in the wilderness. It used to feel like you're out in the country. It doesn't even feel like that anymore. But at Camp Red Cloud, you are as remote as you can get without going to Alaska. The testimonies of the kids and the families who have come up there are incredible. You, you, you cannot be in those mountains without being completely awed by the majesty and the power of God. When you get on top of a mountain in Colorado and you look as far as the eye can see and all you see are more mountains just like the one that it took you all day to get up and you're huffing and you're puffing and you're at the top and it's all you can see in any direction you look, that's a very humbling feeling. <laughs> all of a sudden you go from this down to this, like, okay, I'm not really all that significant, am I? <laughs> because there may be people on those other mountains over there, but I can't see them because the mountains are too big. We're reduced. God is magnified. What can go wrong with that? <laughs> it's hard to capture that when we look at, look at the beautiful building we just built for the Lord. 
That's great. I get that. I get that sentiment. That's okay. But that can't be all that we get. We've got to have this time in the wilderness. And so that is what uh, I am most excited about with Camp Red Cloud because it is unlike any place that I have ever been. It has the opportunity to minister to families and young people in a way of no place that I'm aware of. And, and so that's, that's great, right? And they've been doing this for a while. They've been doing this since the, the early 90s. And there's even a connection, a deep connection within our family. The founding director of Camp Red Cloud is a lifelong friend of George Bocorny. <laughs> they went to high school together. They were college roommates together. Uh, lifelong friend. And uh, so there's, there's even a, a deep family connection with us uh, to, uh, to Camp Red Cloud. Um, so that, that's great, right? I mean, that's a great vision for ministry, and that's, that's fantastic that they would want to do this. But, but why would I want to take my family and my young daughters and remove them from everything that, that we know here and the great life that we have here and the good schools and the great friends that my kids have and this wonderful church family that we're a part of why would we want to go to the remotest place in the United States <laughs> and risk this great thing that we've got right here? And that was one of the questions that Christy and I wrestled with, uh, to be real honest, because it is a risk going up there uh, if, in a lot of ways, and not the least of which is a huge emotional risk. Um, we're pulling ourselves out of familiar. We've, with the exception of two years, we've lived here since 1994. Uh, this is home. And, and you are our family. And we love it here. <laughs> We're not trying to get on the first train out of town. We love it here. We love our kids' friends. They've got great friends that we love and that encourage them and their faith and, and great families. And they're involved in good activities. Why would we mess this up? Well, this is pretty good. Well, I'll go back to this mission <laughs> a little bit. I mean, the reason that we moved here out of college and took the position at TBRM is because we were trying to follow Jesus at the time. It was not a financial decision. <laughs> if anybody's ever worked around a camp, you kind of got the idea that that was not okay, this is my big job out of college and this is my break financially, I'm set. No, it was not that. It was because we wanted to follow Jesus. And we felt like at the time, Jesus said, this is where I want you to go. Okay, so we followed him there. Uh, the two years that we didn't live here, we lived, uh, interestingly, in western Colorado, not too far from Lake City. Um, and the same thing, at that time it was, I had a good job with a great company and great benefits and, you know, the, the, the middle-class dream, right? I mean, that's the, it was secure. There wasn't much risk in my, in my world at that point. And God wanted us to, we felt like he was leading us to move, to take a position at a school that was brand new. I mean, it was working without a net in a very real sense, plus taking a pay cut. And... And one of the questions, I mean, we wrestled with the same thing then. And the conviction that God put on my heart was in our, you know, Mallory and Riley were, were pretty small at the time. 
uh, Riley was about JC's age. And I, just as I was praying about it one day, it struck me. And Christy and I talked about it and it kind of sealed it for us. I said, you know, I don't want our daughters to grow up thinking that when you're loved by the God of the universe and you serve the God of the universe and he calls you to do something that just looks nuts on paper, that, you, that the testimony of our faith is, well, you love God, but you hedge your bets. It just, that doesn't seem to mesh with Scripture. <laughs> I mean, how big is our God, really? And is he big enough to take care of us even when we take big risks that he's leading us to take? I think he is. So that was kind of what led us to follow him in that situation. In this context, uh, we had, uh, back in the summer, we were pr- this opportunity was kind of before, it's before us with a, along with a couple of others. And we had some family prayer time uh, with the older girls. Great, great stuff. And, and so we were, we were praying and we said, all right, girls, here's the thing. We really just kind of want to listen to God, right, in our prayer time. We're not going to jabber a bunch of stuff. We just want to listen and see if God gives us some sense of leading and some sense of direction. One of the things that was kind of on the table at that time was a construction job in, in Dallas. It, would have, it was with a company, and it was a construction management kind of position and would have been a great job on paper, you know, financially and all that, but would have been moving to the, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And really the only reason to have taken the job was for financial reasons, not because that, would have, that didn't necessarily look like following Jesus to us at the time. It could have been, but it didn't look like it does. So we're praying about this as a family. And so we just want to listen, see if God tells us anything. And so we do that. And that's always an interesting exercise, especially when you're doing it with, uh, at the time, an uh, 11-year-old and a 14-year-old. You're not sure what you're going to get out of this. But all right, so we're quiet for a while. And I feel like God says, all right, you better ask somebody if they're getting anything because you're not. Okay. <laughs> so I ask, all right, anybody feel like you're hearing anything? You know, God leading you one way or the other. Immediately Mallory speaks up. Yeah, I was just sitting here and I was thinking about, you know, Noah. And, you know, and God called him too, right? Or not Noah, I'm sorry, Jonah. Thank you, got my characters mixed up. But God, God had called Jonah to do something too. And it was kind of scary for him, and he didn't want to do it. And so he went the other direction, and that's when all the bad stuff happened to him. So I just don't think we should make a decision out of fear. Wow, all right, out of the mouths of babes. So maybe we're not going to Dallas. You know, when you, when, you, when you see the Spirit of God working in your kids like that, that that's kind of reaffirming that, okay, this is, we're sliding in the right direction by following this and by listening to the Lord and following Jesus this direction. That was pretty amazing. That's a moment that Christy and I will hang on to for the rest of our lives. So why would we risk all that? Why would we not? Why would we risk not following Jesus 
And, and it's not like we're shortchanging the kingdom. I mean, God's God. He can do whatever he wants through whomever he wants. He's not waiting for us to say, okay, Jesus, we're going to do it. Oh, whew, man, I was sweating that one. I was wondering what I was going to do if you didn't say yes. He can do whatever he wants through whomever he wants. But we would be shortchanging ourselves from the opportunity to deepen our faith and produce fruit in our lives that would not happen in any other way. We would be the ones missing out. So the which is more risky? <laughs> you know, to, to deny ourselves the opportunity to follow Jesus and risk missing out on that or to risk the, the emotional and financial security of staying where we are. And does anybody remember anything in Scripture about why do you worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, because I'm going to take care of you? Is that, I mean, that's, a, that's like a theme. <laughs> I got you. Trust me. I've got you. And, you know, in, in the camp context, in many of you have probably experienced this. There's, you know, when you're doing some of those team initiatives and in, 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 in group things, you, you do these trust exercises, right, to, before you go out and do some of the big stuff. And you start out just by a couple of people, and you, you would maybe fall backwards, try to stay real straight, and you'd fall backwards. And a couple of people would catch you, you know, and set you back up. And they kind of back up and let you fall a little bit farther. And then, you know, it starts out like a little nervous, but then it's like, okay, you got me. This is kind of fun. And then it reaches this point where you're up on a platform about four feet off the ground, and there's this group of people standing right there like this saying, we got you. You got to fall all the way back into their arms. And hopefully by that time, you've built enough trust. You're like, yeah, I can do this with you guys. And, and, and the story of our life of following Jesus is just that. We've taken small steps along the way of Jesus saying, hey, follow me this way, follow me this way. Well, that seems a little scary, but okay. He's like, hey, you got me. Okay, all right. And so now what we're doing is we're, we're risking, in the world's view, as much as we've ever risked. But we're confident that Jesus is going to catch us because of all the other steps that we've taken along the way. This is not the first step in following Jesus that we've made. And we're confident, come what may, regardless of how this works out, because we don't know. I mean, we've got this idea of how this is going to work out, but who knows. But regardless of how it works out, Jesus has got us. This is going to be okay. And, and the risk is us missing out on the relationship with Jesus and the fruit that he could bring about in our lives by following him as we go to Camp Red Cloud in Colorado. So what's my role up there? What am I going to be doing? Um, I'm not going to be working with the kids hands-on all day. Uh, my job is to be the director of operations and to make sure that all the physical stuff, the buildings, the grounds, the vehicles, all of that is, is ready to go so that the programs can function without any hiccups from the physical stuff saying, oh, well, we can't do that today because that's broken or that won't work or, or whatever. And I've got a staff of people that, that help with that. But really what I'm doing up there is, is, I'm, is we're making disciples. I get a, a staff of people that I get to disciple. There are volunteers that come up in the summer. Hope you heard that. Volunteers that come up in the summer. What a great place to come up and spend a couple of weeks in the summer. Uh, and, and I get to disciple these people that show up. 
And to be real honest, I don't really know what's going to happen when we get up there. I don't know what opportunities the Lord is going to put before us to execute this mission of making disciples. I really don't. But I know where he's asked us to step next. And I know that it all has to do with this mission right here. We're just learning to live and deliver the good news of the kingdom wherever God leads us to go. And right now, that's up in Colorado. Um, in, in, as a community, you have already played a huge part in this in our lives. We showed up three years ago hurt and broken and, and really in need of family. And that's you. <laughs> you said, come on in. We're going to put our arms around you. We're going to love you. We're going to encourage you to do this. And we would not be able to do what we're doing today in executing this mission if it wasn't for the family that brought us in and loved us and encouraged our faith and said, it's going to be all right and you can still follow Jesus. So you've played a huge role already for us to be able to do this as a community, to send us as your representatives. And I hope that we get more opportunity to do this together because as far as we're concerned, we're still, this is still home base. <laughs> this will forever be home base for us. Uh, and we are we consider ourselves missionaries being sent to Camp Red Cloud. Camp Red Cloud helps us in that mindset because everybody that's on full-time staff there raises support, missionary support to be there, just like you know, missionaries anywhere else on the globe. Uh, so that helps us maintain that missionary mindset. And the really neat thing about doing that, that I've, I've come to, to understand myself in the last few months, and I know the Brandenburgers can speak even to this with even more depth, but the great part about doing that is the, 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 par the partnership that we share as people from all through our, our lives have said, yeah, we want to be a part of that. We'll help support you financially as missionaries to Camp Red Cloud. We've had the opportunity to go back and talk to people that have known Christy, well, that changed her diapers <laughs> and have seen her grow up and have played a huge role in my life and have said, yeah, we want to be a part of what the Lord's doing in your life. And so, yeah, we'll support you with that. And we want to share that as a community. We want to send a gift to Rwanda to help a family in need because we get to share. Not only do we get to pray, but we get to be invested in their life. And we get to be invested in the lives of people. Already. And, and so there's that opportunity here as well for you all to be invested in that way with what we're doing. And we've got some things for prayer cards. That's... We've got, and I'm kind of rambling at this point, but I'll wrap this up pretty quick. But we've got some prayer cards. Christy made some cool magnets that y'all can put up to remember to pray about this. Because, uh, you know, well, anyway, you know the importance of prayer. I won't digress on that one too far. Hopefully you know. That. If you don't know the importance of prayer, just start praying about something and see what happens. And you'll get the importance of prayer pretty quick. Um, so... And we would love to see some of our family show up <laughs> and volunteer. Summers are great. Fall is even better if you've got the opportunity to be up there in the fall. That's when it's really gorgeous. But come up and volunteer and, and, and see what God's doing up there. Spend some time in the wilderness yourself. Uh, spend some time listening 
to Jesus on top of a mountain. I invite you to do that. And if you've never done it before and that seems scary, please come up. I'll help you do it. <laughs> I've done it plenty. I'll help you do that. We'll have a great time and we'll get on top of a mountain and you can, or beside a beautiful little stream or wherever, and we'll listen to Jesus up in the mountains. Um, and if the Lord feels, if you feel like the Lord is leading you to take a step of, of, of giving to this, and maybe that's a small step of trust for you. Maybe you're like, hey, I don't, you know, I don't have a lot. That's all right. That's all right. Listen to what the Lord's leading you to do. And if he's saying, trust me on this, watch what happens. I really encourage you to say, okay, God, okay. I'm not sure, but okay, I'll trust you on this. Because as you take those small steps, I promise it will be an experience that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And eventually, you'll be doing things that you you look back and you go, wow, five years ago, I'd have never done this. But here I am, and I'm doing it confidently because I know that Jesus has got me. And I'm, I'm experiencing Jesus in a way that I never would have been able to experience Jesus otherwise. And the fruit that's showing up in my life is something I... I would never have been able to do if I hadn't taken the small step. So listen to Jesus. Maybe he's asking you to take a small step of who knows what today. Again, my prayer is that you hear something in this story of the Gallagher family that would spark something in you where you're like, you know what? I think this is my next step of faith. This is where God's asking me to step. Maybe that's joining us with this. Maybe that's moving to Bolivia. <laughs> Maybe that's who knows what. But if we don't take those steps, if we just love Jesus and hedge our bets, we're the ones that get cheated. God's still going to do whatever God wants to do. He'll find somebody else. He'll do it on his own, right? Even the very rocks will cry out if we don't speak up. But we get to, we get to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. That's exciting stuff. So that's why we're going. It's not because we're trying to get out of here. (laughs) That's given us a lot of pause. Do we really want to leave? Why would we want to leave? But at the end of the day, we want to follow Jesus. Hopefully, as we see this happen as a community, we will all be inspired to follow Jesus. And he may not be asking all of us to to move, right? I mean, maybe it's follow Jesus right here. That's good too. (laughs) But we've got to follow. Because if we're not following Jesus, could we really call ourselves a disciple? That's what they did. So, listen. What's the small step? Take that step. Maybe you're further along. Maybe it's not a small step he's asking you to take. Maybe he's asking you to take a big step. Okay, I'll take a big step. Because I know you got me. We've got some, uh, if you really want to get some idea about Camp Red Cloud, we've got some brochures and stuff over there that uh, you can grab and look at. Um, the Lord's leading you to take the small step of joining with us financially. We've got some paper over there and some envelopes. You can take that back and pray about it. Um,
please, please pray and listen. Because I can promise you, the joy that you get from following Jesus and seeing him work in your life and then seeing him work in the lives of your kids in the process of that, you don't get that from hedging your bets. You don't get that from hedging your bets. So, yeah. So pray for us. I will pray for us. Jesus, we thank you that you love us enough to include us in what you're doing. You know, when I think about the time that you spent here on earth and the mission that you came with from, from, from the, the prophets, you know, of the, of the 12 guys that you invested most of yourself with, there's only one of them that you needed to be there to fulfill your mission. And, and we don't really remember him as being a very nice guy. The other 11 guys, you just, you wanted because you wanted them to be included in what you're doing so that they could have the joy of experiencing you and following you. Jesus, we want that too. Help us to take those small steps. Help us to hear your voice leading us, that we would know which is the way that you want us to walk, that we would step confidently, knowing that you've got us. You've got us. Thank you for including us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being faithful, even when we are faithless. We just want to love you more, Jesus. In your name, amen.